Hi, this is John. And this is Chris. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. We finally got to mix it up. Like, this took some planning. We actually did that, like, moments before we hit record. And uh, and the fact, though, that we accomplish it, I think, is a big podcast win for the two of us. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we didn't even rehearse that. It was just like, okay, let's switch it up and go. And there we had it. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I think that's a win. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it a win or is this like we finally did it, so now there's nothing for us to aspire to with our podcast uh, anymore? Do we just have really low standards? Is that what it is? Do we need to raise them up a little bit? Speaking speaking of standards, speaking of standards, I, I understand that any type of sponsorship opportunities that Amazon had uh, with us here at the Nerdy Dadcast uh, might might be out of the window. And uh, I, you know, was curious. What are your thoughts on on such a uh, possibility lost? So we're jumping into that already. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, this last week, and like uh, for people who are listening, for our constant listeners. They're well aware that we've been excited because it's been the dawn of the next generation of consoles. The PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series Z came out this week and um, and people flocked to their computers and tried to get them. Now, I was with those flocks because I didn't happen to have two pre-orders, but um, I tried. And, you know, it was actually, there was that moment, there was this moment where I was on the Best Buy website and it, the I've been refreshing this for weeks now, trying to get the buy now light to turn from the gray, you can't touch this, to the yellow, this is for you. And suddenly, suddenly it did. And it was beautiful. And I hit the button and it said, okay, you're waiting in line now. We're going through the checkout. And by the time I got to the checkout, and I've heard lots of reports of this on the internet now, but uh, by the time I got to the checkout, they were sold out. Hmm. So in the before times, you could pick up the box and carry it to the counter and pay for it. In these times, because you're doing it online, you could pick up the box virtually, carry it to the counter virtually, and then it disappears from your hands and you never actually had it. So, so I was a little bit sad there. But then you mentioned the Amazon bit. I've I had two tabs where I've had on refresh for the last month or so. And now on Tuesday, it came out on Tuesday, um, I opened up, I think, six tabs. Every single place I could get it in Canada, I have a tab where I just keep hitting re- refresh, refresh, refresh. Well, maybe like once every two or three hours. And so Amazon, Amazon comes up and you can get a PlayStation on Amazon right now for anywhere between $1,600 and $2,000. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a little bit wrong. I'm not really, I, you know, I understand to a point, but, uh, you know, whether it comes to, to entertainment back in the old times or anything, scalpers really just kind of suck. And the fact that Amazon has scalpers through its system, well, I think I, I tweeted something about it. And, you know, if Amazon was looking to sponsor us, which I'm sure they weren't, uh, now they really are not. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but, you know, uh, got to take your stands when you take them. The the thing about the the Amazon bit, and I, I to share some some insight here. Yes, it is it is well known for those following along that I had at one point two PlayStation Five consoles pre ordered. I had one pre ordered from Walmart, one pre ordered from Amazon. 
Amazon was selling PlayStation 5s having not yet shipped my pre-order. Now, I don't know how this system works where they're like, oh yeah, we totally have more we're going to send out, but we're not yet going to ship you, Mr. Pre-order, one that would arrive anywhere near. Like I got an email, I want to say a few weeks back from Amazon with a generic, oh, it looks like we're going to totally miss the time we thought we'd ship it to you. They take the time, like if you look at my order, it's like when we have stock and here they are, they're selling them. Now, my order from Walmart shipped a week ago, or just over a week ago. It's still not here, um, but I can track it. Like, it's on its way, coming from Ontario. And it was the long and short of it, uh, UPS got it into their hands, I want to say on the 10th. And unfortunately, uh, for you know reasons that uh, are related to a, a statutory holiday in many provinces that then slowed the transit down. Cause of course, Walmart's not paying the, we're going to get it right to your door. The minute this launches shipping No, it's we're going to get it to you around if for this, that. So now it's currently delayed trending to get here next week, which when this episode goes live, it'll probably be arriving that day or the, the day after. So I do have one. Now, what did I do about that Amazon order? I actually canceled it. So I no longer have two pre-orders. Because it made no sense to me that one, I just keep this outstanding order for the sake of it. Two, the fact that Amazon's already selling more, but has it to ship mine, kind of leaves a funky taste in my mouth. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but uh, I, I should point out, there is currently an Xbox Series S in a box in in my place. It's not for me. It's, it's for others. Uh, but uh, the one console I did not want ultimately <laughs> is the one that's currently inside my condominium. Go figure. And you haven't given it to the temptation. That's that's a brave, bold you. Well, you know, when the Xbox suddenly had a little additional stock they have launched soon after, I had contemplated getting a Series S. Like I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna get a full console on the the Microsoft because it just made no sense. But then I started reasoning myself, like, really, do I need this? No. I mean, do I want it? Kind of. And that's the thing is the kind of, you know, no, I can just use my computer. I got a gaming PC. I can can do that. I am also days away from my Xbox Game Pass Ultimate whatever um, expiring. And it's not like I've been paying for the full Game Pass Ultimate, whatever it's called. I had some crazy promo where... For $1, I extended my Xbox Live service for essentially the upgraded Ultimate uh, service for Xbox Live Pass price. So that's coming to expire, and I just can't see myself paying 20 bucks a month for it. Even though, like, I want to give it to Microsoft. When it comes to their subscription service, it, the Game Pass Ultimate for 20 bucks a month is actually a very reasonable amount. Every Xbox-labeled title gets included. They've partnered with EA, EA um, subscription service. I can't remember what they call it. Maybe it's Game Pass too, but they, their service is now included. Um, there's a ton of non-Microsoft titles that are also included. And I'm like, I, one of them I'm, I'm starting to play right now, Spirit Fair. Uh, you know, a little indie Canadian developer uh, put out a, a good uh, good game. It's including Game Pass. And then there's me who's thinking like in a few days, I won't be able to play it. So, you know, I'm, I'm already starting to reason why, you know, 20 bucks a month is something I should continue spending, even though technically I haven't been so far. 
but no, I'm, I'm going to let it go. See how the, the PlayStation works out. Um, I have, you know, PlayStation plus set up and PlayStation now has their service. Although it does not compete with what Microsoft is doing. Microsoft, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, I think is really starting to narrow down the, uh, the subscription space in a, in a good way. And I think, to be honest, if it works as well as it has been, is it possible that Sony might follow suit? Maybe. And then there's Nintendo, who they're just doing their thing. Yeah, I don't even really know why I'm paying for the Nintendo service. I mean, I personally love Tetris 99, so I will sit there and play Tetris 99 for hours. Um, Super Mario 99, I, I got into that a little bit. I haven't really done too much. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It is it is clever, and it is interesting, and I could probably sit there and play it, but I haven't. And then the old games, you know, I haven't really gone into the old thing. And I know my, my subscription just renewed itself, so, you know, another 35 bucks for the year or whatever. So I'm not really, again, it's like, it's not 20 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month seems a little more extreme to me. 35 mm-hmm. bucks a year, I'm like, yeah, whatever, okay. I used to spend that on coffee and lattes when I went out and stuff like that. You know, we don't do that yeah. kind of stuff anymore, so I'm not spending that 35 bucks. So, you know, fine. They can go there. But, uh, yeah, that's all the subscriptions. I don't know. And also, you know, PlayStation, every time it comes up, every time it's coming close, I keep seeing sales for it, but it always says just U.S. only. And I'm like, eh, but what? I'm always tempted to like, buy that $30 U.S. year pass because I figure it would probably work for us too, but you can't guarantee. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, with so PlayStation Plus, I've only ever purchased it when it's on sale at like Costco. Yeah, um, and I want to say I'm paying like sixty bucks Canadian, maybe it's fifty. I can't I, I, the sale price, but I I stack. So the moment's on sale, I'll stack, and then you know suddenly it expires. I'm like, crud! Uh, when where, when's it on sale? So like, I think I, I shared in an earlier episode, I had let it lapse for a bit because I needed to get that sale price back. Uh, it's the same as sort of what I did with Xbox Live. I always stacked them. Nintendo a little bit different. Um, I don't believe you can stack Nintendo, but I'm not as concerned because, as you said, what I'm paying for it for a year, not too significant. Um, I have kicked around the idea because of how Nintendo does the family portion. It doesn't seem to require you to all live in the same place. Mm about, you know, is there a means to go in and, hey, we all have our own, we have our own account, but yeah, we're a family. So maybe maybe we need to look into the fine print. We can we can be the nerdy dad cast family. Yeah, we can go splitsies. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, but like that's like, at least like with Nintendo, because the price itself makes that palatable, which is like, you know, there are ways with PlayStation to set up your consoles in a manner that allows for, for that to happen, but it, it's not... It's not like what Nintendo can. I don't know about the Microsoft side. I never really explored that. Speaking of of gaming, though, um, if you happen to be in the United States or happen to be in the UK uh, and you have a, I think it's the YouTube premium uh, subscription, uh, you can actually get a free Google Stadia, like the actual controller for free, and uh, three months free service. Now, I only point this out because I already have one and I never used it. Actually, I used it like maybe a couple of times uh, when it first launched. But I'm trying to figure out what Google's doing. I mean, let me rephrase that. I know, totally know what Google's doing. But their subscription model has you paying essentially the same price as 
uh, you know, Xbox would be, or Sony would be on a monthly basis. I can just mail a little bit more. I want to say it's like 16 bucks a month. The problem is that that $16 a month gets you access to their service with only a couple of free games per month ish. It doesn't get you a vast library of titles. So it's not competing with what Microsoft's providing you. You're also going to go and suck your bandwidth completely dry. If you have any form of cap, you're going to, you're going to, you know, drain that pretty darn quick. And to, to actually use the service, you have to subscribe. Like it's, it's, and if you don't, then your the quality of your product, you know, suffers. You can't play multiplayer. Like it, it, for all that Google is, this seems like a weird space to play in. Like they're, they're all about, Hey, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to just take your data. And that means more to me. This is almost like, I'm going to give you this. You're going to pay me for it. And I'm going to take your data. Cause that means a lot to me too. I know it has a, a good following. And I think that the streamed content will be the future, but yeah, you look at what Microsoft is doing with like, I think the cloud X or project cloud or whatever they call it. Same concept, but they're like, yeah, you know, what? you subscribe to this and you get this and this and this and all these free titles. Cause our thought is, is that, we're going to give you value for paying for it. Whereas Google's like, I'm totally going to give your data good value when I sell it. <laughs> Google's also extremely random where, you know, you can, a year from now, you can be using that product. And so they'll be like, oh yeah, we're shuttering that one. It's, yeah. it's good. Millions of people use it, but we're just shutting that down. Cause you know, it's, it has its, its time now. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, Anything Google related, I'm kind of um, a little bit sketchy with. I've even been thinking about that with my Gmail recently because my email is all in Gmail. And granted, there's a very low chance they're going to shut Gmail down, but they do do things very randomly. And it doesn't really matter their user base or what they're using or any of the things mm-hmm. that we've seen over the last dozen years with a dozen different Google things and beyond. So, yeah, that's kind of my sketchy bit on that. Yeah. Apparently, though, for you and I here in Canada, we'll be able to get our free Google Stadia's. I want to say in a week or two, the rumor is that it'll expand to Canada. It, it, it begs the question though, if Google has now decided that hundred and some odd dollars that I paid to get my founders thing, isn't worth hundred and some odd dollars. And if you happen to subscribe to one of their premium services, they'll give it to you for free. They've obviously decided they need more people to have them in the hope that more people subscribe. But again, it, it's a catch 22. Those that have subscribed, I think have, have done so. Um, it's like uh, uh, Quibi, that video streaming service, uh, Quibi being Quick Bytes. The concept was that people are going to go and pay a subscription service to, to view, you know, streamed content. And that's no different like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, uh, Apple TV+, Plus, all those different streaming platforms. The difference with Quibi is that it was specific to your device. To consume it, you needed to watch it on your mobile device. I'll catch 22 there is that when you're looking at your mobile device, generally you're on the go and that's not where you're probably going to want to go and spend all your data, but neither here nor there. The make matters worst. They didn't actually license the content they had the way that others have done. So, so some of their critically acclaimed shows that were costing them a crap ton of money, they didn't own the rights. So like season three there, they pull their show, they go somewhere else. So you would have to follow. So you're no longer going to be a Quibi customer. And on top of that, they were giving it all away for free. So the subscription numbers they had were the three-month trial people. So that's where I wonder if maybe Google Stadia happens to reside, is we're trying to get our numbers up with a purpose. And if it doesn't work out, uh, we'll do the full Google. Yeah, this was a phenomenal service, but we've moved on. 
So the moral of the story is never give it away for free. No, never, never. I, you know, now that you brought up Gmail, I kid you not, I'm sort of processing like, what would I do? I have so many email accounts set up for different purposes through Gmail, uh, my own personal email account. Uh, I've got my, you know, my wife and I have an account that we sort of share. It's a family account. Um, the podcasts that I host all run through in some way, shape or form a Gmail account for, for a variety of things. I, you know, I could, I'll put it into one. Um, but my goodness, if they pulled the plug on Gmail, I would, I'd have to go back to Hotmail. Really, the present as it is, is dark, dark enough. Let's hope we never see that dark, dystopian Gmail-less future. Oh, man. Gmail-less future. Uh, you know, if, if Gmail were to, to end, if Google were to actually pull the plug, um, I think society would collapse. It's very possible at this point. I mean, I thought that would happen when they pulled Google Reader, but it didn't. So no, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. Google Reader, when they pulled that, I... I so I, I don't know. Do you still have RSS feeds that you follow? I by do. Chance? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I, I do as well. I think you and I might be in a minority. I don't know. Well, like most sure. people who are using like RSS are using it for other than us and our needs. But I now have like different solutions. So I have, I can't remember what the app is on my iPad that I have that I have paid for. Um, then I'm on my phone here. I have another one. Um, and they're both going through Feedly, which I'm not paying for mm. because I, you know, Feedly is my, you know, center of everything. And then the actual apps I'm using, which are not Feedly <laughs> to consume the content on different devices. Um, I only use Feedly for web. Like it's, I would pay for Feedly on that note. If it wasn't like, I, it's like you're providing me a, a freemium service and none of the meum matters to me. No, it I'd rather put the put the money into something I tangibly use, like this app on my iPad. Um, so anyhow, sorry, I completely off on a tangent here, but yeah, no worries. We do that as we've been uh, known to do. Speaking of of going off on a tangent, have you noticed that your mind tends to to go all over in the pandemic? Like, I mean, like where it's almost scatterbrained. Like, I'm more scatterbrain now than I was. And I don't know if it's like the focus of like when, when you get into routine or your day job or the community, like it, you know, this routine that provides a structure that's now absent in, in a world of the pandemic. But that's one of the struggles that I've had is like my, as I ex- expressed to my wife, it's like my, my mind's in a fog and I can't seem to find a way to get something done. I lack the focus to actually follow through. Yeah. I found that a lot. And I mean, I think, you know, we can all say that this whole experience is a trauma experience for all of us. And that makes it really hard to, we kind of expect to have our normal lives, but we don't, and we're not going to. And that's a very, um, it's a very hard place to be. Add that on other stresses in your life already, your job, your relationship, your, you know, anything else out there. And it's a, it's a wonder a lot of the days that we're even getting up at all. And I mean, certainly, Mm -hmm. certainly a lot of people aren't. And that's sort of been a major a major story lately, but I, I, for me personally, yeah, there's a lot of days where I get up and, you know, it used to be I'd get dressed, shower, shave, all that stuff. Now, if I get there, the only thing that actually matters is my coffee. And once I have my coffee, I might not move again for the rest of that day if I'm in the wrong spot. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. The COVID, COVID and everything else. 
Well, as you can see and the listeners cannot, uh, shaving is a, do I really feel like I have to do it today type of activity now, which is, which is interesting because it's not to suggest that I would shave every day back in the uh, normal times, which it's interesting that we, you know, consider that normal because it was just different. But now it's like yesterday I was like, yeah, I'm going to shave. And I never did it. Today I got up. Yeah, I'll shave. Like, and then I'm like, why? Like, do I care? Do I want to go through the effort of doing so? Um, and I, I, I have not. So our listeners can't see this, but yeah, I've, I've not shaved. It's not like horrible. It's just. Ultimately, my face gets to a point where my six-year-old, almost six-year-old, she'll be six in a few weeks. She complains that my face is scratchy when she comes in for a kiss or something. And, you mm-hmm. know, honestly, if the six-year-old says it's scratchy, then I'm going to have to get every last reserve of energy that I'm saving right there and stand up and go and shave so that my daughter doesn't tell me I'm scratchy. Yeah, no, Baby Force doesn't say that. Like, she, she'll point out if it's scratchy and she'll, like, rub my face. But to her, it's it's almost amusing. Um I, my wife will complain about, oh, you haven't shaved in a long time. And like she'll say that. I don't know if she says it for effect or if it's simply an observation or it's an observation that carries with an effect. But generally, that will be the impetus to me then either shaving that night or the following day in the morning. Um, I've, yeah. I found the response, neither have you, is not a good response. Do not <laughs> use that response, okay? <laughs> Really? It doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it go doesn't, over well. I don't know why. It, it, it's, I've been it, married for a long time. I should know better, but no, it doesn't. It's just an observation, right? Like, I don't understand what's so wrong with, yeah, with, it's just, you with know. saying that. Um, you know, it's winter. Just, we're representing warmth <laughs> in different ways. Uh, the thing, reason though I sort of bring this up is like I found over the last couple of weeks, like I, I've had days where it's like, I don't know, like I what should I do? There's a lot I can do, but I'm stuck in this, like, what should I do? And suddenly it's dark out again. And then it's a rinse and repeat. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that, you know, I have my wife here, um, you know, baby force when she's around, like I'm, I'm actually, I find that for her, she's just sort of happy and anything that we can do to, 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 to make her happy is sort of where our focus lies. But as long as she's there, it's almost infectious. And then when, you know, she goes off the daycare, my wife goes off to work, I'm sitting here, you know, in the dark place inside of my mind and, you know, stuck within my thoughts. And that's where I found lately, I've had more and more of a struggle as the week goes on, the days seem to grow longer. The struggle becomes tougher, but I concede that, you know, I have this sort of release when they come home, that there are others who don't have that similar option available to them or that that release is not sufficient. That, that sounding board that they can talk to isn't, isn't, isn't as, as accessible. And, you know, I, I, I genuinely wonder sometimes like how do others cope? Yeah. And uh, that's really, I mean, it's a really key point right now. And I mean, here in Vancouver and in the general BC area, I mean, we haven't talked much about COVID numbers, but COVID numbers have been going up, Mm -hmm. up, up, and we're hitting new records, which for us is still kind of scary. But you look at those numbers and you compare them to places elsewhere where it's just like unchecked and growing. And you've got to imagine in that space. And I mean, I actually, I don't even have to imagine because I have a lot of dad friends in various spots in the States, in various places that uh, are going through that right now. And 
you know, I can I can wax eloquent and make jokes and say, you know, hey, I'm I'm having a good time. I'm trapped with my family, but you know, I like them and the outside world, they all smell and who really wants to buy them anyways. But a lot of people don't have that option. And even if you do, like, like you said, you know, your kid comes to the room and suddenly your, your only interest is making them happy and making sure they stay happy. But so many people are also dealing with a, like their own relationships breaking down or their own mm-hmm. stress levels or money problems. I mean, we're both lucky enough to have, steady income that hasn't been affected by the by the covid too much but a lot of people don't have that so when you have to deal with all these stresses of getting this roof keeping the roof over your head keeping your family happy and healthy and keeping yourself together i mean even in a normal situation that's rough and in this situation now yeah i mean i make a joke about it and somebody comes out and says hey you know i'm actually having a really hard time now and i'm like yeah you know i'm i made a joke because that's the way i sort of get my Mm -hmm stress out but i really see i really you know recognize that you're having a hard time and i really you know send you my love and wish i could do anything for you and just sort of send kindness in that direction so that's sort of been sending yeah just making sure people know that you care about them and all of that but also i mean if you get to the point where you need to talk to somebody and i highly recommend talking to somebody there's all sorts of online services and online therapists and online and i mean yeah i've been looking at them myself because it's it's hard to keep everything together right now yeah, the the thing about sort of just on your note about sort of cracking a joke as a mechanism of your staff is that's mean. Yeah, in awkward situations, my instinct, whether right or wrong, crack a joke, lighten the mood. Um, you know, like it, it's not to suggest that I'm not processing it, the emotions that others are. I I probably am. Like it, that's it's just that that's my my reaction. Um, you know, taking it a a, a slightly different direction. I remember growing up, if I hurt myself severely, I would sometimes, obviously, exclaim quite loudly using some colorful language, and other times, I might laugh. And I remember I, I, I turned my ankle once playing floor hockey, and it was bad, like, to the point that, you know, people who saw it, they saw my foot do one thing and my leg do another, and in, immediately thought, well, someone needs to call 911, because, you know, your body isn't supposed to go that type, that direction in the normal days and I hit the ground and I started laughing which confused people because why why is he laughing my my response to what was a painful and frightening situation was to make light of it and then crack a joke and I can't I don't know what I had said but that's what people found so odd I was making fun of myself I couldn't walk for days after that's how bad it was but the point being it's just how we naturally react isn't always understood by others. Um, it's sort of how it's just how we're processing it. It's the, you know, our, our brain is one of the most complex machines that we'll truly ever encounter. And sometimes the code gets run through the machine a different way. Um, yeah. And the code has never seen any situations like this. So, I mean, hmm. the code is, inventing new things all the time to keep you going and keep you moving. So yeah, it's very, it's intense. And I think, you know, people have to be really kind, both especially to themselves, but also to each other. And yeah, for us, I mean, we haven't, I haven't been out with friends in nine months now. And, you know, I, I definitely miss the before times. I miss going out to the pub. I miss sitting down, having a beer, having a burger, you know, talking shit, whatever it might be. But, you know, um, 
I'm lucky in that I can be within my family and have our little bubble mm-hmm. and still be mostly sane, as sane as I ever kind of am. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that situation. And a lot of people are by themselves or lonely or can't be with other people. And, you know, that situation is or just in negative situations and negative relationships, whatever the case may be. And that is really hard. And I think, you know, we have to. We have to send out our love and send out our feelings for them and recognize and just see how each of us reacts. The thing that, you know, I think m- people need to, to understand, whether it's, you know, our listeners or those that our listeners might know. And I, I, I sort of shared this on, on Twitter. It was, it was actually um, something that found in my timeline but really resonated is that mental health is health. Like, you know, it, you're... If you're having heart trouble, what do you go do? Probably gonna go seek help. You're gonna see a doctor. You're gonna go. Um, you might call nine one one, right? You might you might do something about that. Well, it's important to recognize that that mental health that's that's critical. Like it, it, it's how we function. In fact, uh, you know, ignoring what's going on mentally can actually sometimes be worse. Then I'm not going to suggest ignoring a heart attack, but the point being is that they can then contribute to other physiological issues. Like I remember at one point I had suffered so much stress and I bottled it up and I had internalized them. I had not recognized the problems and I was not articulating the issues. I wasn't talking to those that were around me about it. And I started to experience some significant physiological symptoms. I, I would crash. Like I would be one minute there talking to you and the next minute my body would just decide, yeah, we're going to hit the restart button. And it's kind of like, you know, when your computer does that, it's like, yeah, critical error. I'm going to restart to fix it. Well, imagine the restart happening as I was just about to walk downstairs. Like I would, I'd take a step and next thing I'm like on the ground, what happened? Because my body was starting to process these issues. Um, physiologically. And when I went and spoke to my, my doctor at the time, cause obviously the first time it happened, it was like, Oh, Chris must be clumsy. The second time it happened, there's more to this story. Um, in fact, I, I was at my girlfriend's house at the time and her, her father was a firefighter. So she went running into the house to get her dad and he's coming out. Like we're calling nine one one. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I went and saw my, I promised to see my family doctor. And that's really what, 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 you know, we had this conversation, but that was when I started to realize what was happening. Like I had been ignoring it. I was ignoring all the warning signs. It wasn't like my body just decided to go and hit the restart button. It flashed a couple blue screens my way. It, it gave, you know, it was giving me signs. And what was I doing? It was doing exactly what I was doing with everything else, ignoring it. You know, it wasn't, I was the tough guy that could, you know, suck it up and get through it. Well, and, and that's exactly it right there. I mean, it's the stereotype that a lot of men and a lot of men of our generation and previous generations have sort of had knocked into us where, you know, you don't, you don't have emotions. You don't feel you're just, you're just strong. That's it. And you bust through these things. And well, there it's, you know, like it's a message I get across to my kids all the time where, you know, we have to communicate and even, you know, I've been married 16 years now. People ask you, well, how long have you, how have you been married for 16 years? Because, you know, anybody that was married back when we got married originally, they're all divorced now. It's all gone. I can't think of any couple that we knew when we were first married that are still together. And honestly, it comes down to, yeah, it comes down to A, being vulnerable and being able to say, I feel and, all, and you know, 
everything there and just communication and being able to talk about a lot of these things. And it's not that we always do or always have, and it's all difficult and it's definitely a learned skill, but in the long run, that's what you have to do. And so in this with mental health, I mean, it's so important to be able to even, you know, this platform to say to people, Hey, I have some mental health issues. And just say that out loud and same, you can say that with, Say that with mental health, say that with sexual health, say that with any other form of health that you don't really want to talk about normally. And I think it's very important for us to say, hey, this is something I'm going through. And if you're going through it too, I understand and I'm there. The one thing I will mention, though, is that if you found yourself in a situation where you feel that there isn't someone to talk to, even sort of saying those words out, you know, it's tough. Like to hear the words come out of your own mouth might be problematic enough. It's important to understand that it, there are still people who are, are more than willing to, to provide you that assistance. And if, if, you know, we're, we're on online generation, you know, you can, I can assure you, if you were to su- suggest something on Twitter, there is probably someone who's going to respond, though I wouldn't necessarily say Twitter is the best place. Certainly not. It out there. I'm sure there's some very well-meaning people, but unfortunately there are some that don't quite uh, have the understanding of what you might be going through. But, you know, if you happen to live in Canada or the United States, you could use a, a crisis text line. So, for instance, if you are in Canada U.S., you simply send a text message to 741741 and you're connected with a trained crisis counselor. And it's not about like, oh, I, I feel suicidal. If that's the case, please text Call 911, talk to someone, because trust me, that that answer, as much as it might seem like it is, there are other alternatives. But the help that you can receive is really related about painful emotions, stress. Like, you know, the United States has just gone through an election process, and there might be some some emotional stress and anxiety related to that. I, I wasn't even in the United States, and I could tell you that I was experiencing some anxiety around it. You can send the message concerned about the coronavirus, uh, just general anxiety, um, depression. Like there's all these different painful emotions and you can actually send a text message and get connected with someone who has the training that can support you in this time of need. Um, I have not used a service such as this myself, but I have called um, through my employer or we have a, like a benefits provider with a, 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 uh, something similar crisis line or whatever. And I've spoken to someone on the phone and you know, they've, they've, I, I don't know if it's magical words or the tone of their voice, but it was like lifting literal weights off my chest and having the ability to talk to someone whose sole desire is to understand. Cause sometimes that's all you, you're like, Oh, I've told people they just don't get it. They don't understand. So again, if, for those that are, you know, miss that number. It's, it's 741-741 that works in Canada and the U S but there are, there are crisis text lines, um, and, and similar services worldwide. Um, this particular one, crisistextline.org, you can actually message them on Facebook as well. So they are a little more social media connected and there are other services as well, like on Twitter and that. But again, I understand why some people might not want to be as public in, in, in sharing those types of details. So again, Please use a service if you have access to one. And that's 24-7. That's the other thing. Like there's some perspective that 
well, my doctor's not available or like I went to try to book an appointment to, cause I've been having just ear issues. Uh, I missed the invulnerability of my twenties and trying to book an appointment, a virtual appointment with my doctor. Oh, she's available in two weeks. Well, imagine if I'm going through an issue now and I, oh, two weeks now, well, I, I'll suck it up. There are alternatives. If, if suddenly I had a third year, I'm probably not waiting two weeks to talk to my doctor. I might go to the hospital. I might dial the, the nurse's line. I might go to a clinic, right? Yeah. In that case, I'd recommend emergency. Yeah. Third year. If it suddenly shows up, I, I'll probably, if, it, if I suddenly saw that I had a third year, there's probably more, more at play. <laughs> Yes, probably. And, and here I am starting. I was about to say it's kind of like the three-eyed fish in The Simpsons. But what am I doing? I'm taking emotions and I'm trying to crack a joke. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, I was thinking maybe we should turn it into a lighter subject for the last few minutes of the podcast. But I don't even know that we should. I think, you know, we should maybe beat our own tra- our own internal things and not crack jokes after being a pretty pretty serious subject. So, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I think we need to understand that not every situation calls for for a joke. You're right. We're we're on a, on a on a point where I think it's important to recognize that you know if if you are listeners, you know, need someone to talk to, please you know do what you can to find someone. You know, crisis text line. You can shoot us a message. Although I'll, I'll be very honest, I'll look to try to get you in touch with someone who uh, has the training and is a professional. It, it's not me. Yeah, sometimes it's definitely good to to talk to someone who's not connected to your situation. But it's definitely, it's not us. We're not, we have our own issues as well. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as we look to, to wrap this episode up, um, any final words of, of wisdom that you have available to our, our listeners here, John? Uh, just to be on our last topic here, you know, make sure you don't deny what you're feeling. Make sure you don't try to bottle it up. Make sure you're aware of your own mental health and try to be as introspective about it as possible and see how, you know, A, especially if you're a parent, you have to watch and see how your behavior affects your kids because they are watching all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, even if we try to put on a happy face and try to be that, they're not always going to get that. But they're also very understanding. Uh, there was times, not even before the COVID, when other things I was going through, where I would be quite upset and just, they would say, oh, Dada's over there crying on the couch again, and this, and we'll just leave him be for a few minutes. And they recognized that. So, I mean, I think it's a good lesson on empathy for them, and to make sure they can see you experiencing what you're experiencing as well. Yeah. And I, you know, to sort of follow up with that a little bit, I am by nature, an emotional person, though I generally, I close those emotions off outside of my guarded, you know, comfort zone. So baby Forrest has seen, you know, daddy tear up and you can tell when daddy is, is going through a variety of emotions because weird triggers happen. Uh, Like I hear moving music and suddenly I'm I got tears coming down my eyes or, you know, like that. And so she'll see that she'll recognize that and her, her, for her, uh, there's a couple of things. One, she sees me expressing emotions, I think is healthy. 
Two, her her desire is like, you know, daddy's upset. I, I'm just going to go in. And I like, she'll cuddle up next to me, and she's just like, I, you know, there again. It goes back to that when she's happy, it's almost infectious. There's something about that. And sometimes, though, as they grow, grow older, she may recognize I'm just going to give him a moment. But then I might go and and make sure you know things are okay or try to do something. Um, I will sort of share on, on this fi- my final words, the, the mental health is health. Um, there's a campaign uh, here in Canada that actually has um, been, been um, created through this, the sharing of a video. And it's actually a hockey player, uh, Corey Hirsch. And he talks about the struggles that he went through as a hockey player and how, you know, growing up and generationally, he's a little bit older than you and I, John, but it's our sort of generation talks about how it was viewed as a sign of weakness and how he did not truly understand how what he was going through was starting to impact not only him, but others. But then once he went and, and spoke to someone who, who was a professional and they, you know, put together a plan of action, he felt that that helped move things forward. And he had felt he had been stuck in, in almost reverse for such a long time, but it also opened the doors for others. And that's what he said is most inspiring is that I have, I have things I'm, I'm working through. I have health issues, but my ability to go and share what I'm going through, suddenly people, you know, oh, that if, if he can do it, maybe I should too. So that's the thing. Don't think it's always you that's, that's alone. Yes. I, 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 I completely respect that that's the case in that scenario, but imagine those around you that might be experiencing something similar and how you might be the impetus for them, you know, getting the support they need. I, I think it's, it's, it's a chain that occurs. So, you know. Yeah. And given that we can't see inside each other's heads and each other's thoughts, it's so important to talk and say it out loud and for people to hear that. So as we wrap up this episode, again, you can find us online. We're at nerdydadcast.com. We're also on Twitter as well as Facebook at nerdydadcast, easiest place to find us. And as we do each and every episode, we're going to ask you to stay nerdy, my friends. (laughs) 